1: Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess.
0: Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We're coming to you live from Salem, New Hampshire, and today we are going to talk about back to school. If you follow us on Apple Podcasts, it's going to say that today is our 200th episode, but it is not. There's been some additions and deletions and all of that. Our 200th is in two weeks on September 6th, and we're super excited.
1: It's very exciting. I'm surprised <laughs> we got here.
0: Yeah. It's a big accomplishment for Scott. A lot of commitment. All well, right, I haven't but done
1: 200 of anything <laughs> except cigars.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably at this point. All right, we're going to start with quirky tip of the day.
1: Yeah. Oh, squeak. I got the pig
0: here. You can give a little <coughs> wink. Okay, you to do So I thought this would be this a, nice,
1: uh, a nice little quirky tip. If you guys have a, a dog that is distracted by small animals, squirrels, bunnies, cats, those type of things, and you want to work through those issues from an obedience standpoint, I picked this up for a client um, probably two months ago, and have wound up using it with several clients. And it's a good little distraction. It's a bunny that um, you can uh, turn on, makes a little bit of noise, starts hopping around in the yard. uh, (laughs) It's going
0: to hop off the stage.
1: (laughs) And it really gets the dog's attention. Yeah, It's not too bad. We even use it.
0: Scott's been using it a lot, like, outside a glass window. So, like, it's just out in the yard. The dog can't hear it. But all the dogs have fallen for it. It's been a great training aid.
1: Yeah, it's not bad. And... uh, it's just a, you can turn it on, put it out in the yard first, then bring your dog out on a leash and uh, just do some healing around this thing, and and it's uh it's pretty good. I mean, after they smell it and get used to it, it's <laughs> probably not going to be not as <laughs> not going to be as distracting for most dogs. But at least you get you know one or two shots with it where you can actually work around something that they think is a real uh, little wild thing. So, what know? do
0: they search for on Amazon?
1: Oh, it was just a mechanical bunny. Yeah. I think I put in it in there. You put some batteries in it.
0: Comes right along. It's great. Makes
1: a little noise, hops around.
0: We use it all the time. Doesn't. All right. Let's talk about back to school. Scott is also smoking the strongest cigar in the world, apparently, today. So I'm I not had sure no how idea, this is going to all unfold. Um, if
1: I start throwing up, you go, <laughs> <laughs>
0: That'll help our viewers. Oh, and so, before I forget. Oh, boy.
1: So I've been growing this beard, uh, starting to come start in a little bit. The beard. We can zoom in a little bit close on the beard. <laughs> and uh, We're pretty close. Jess is, um, Jess is not thrilled with the beard. I'm starting to enjoy it.
0: <laughs> We're getting wild. So this is the effect I'd of I'd the like strongest cigar. I'd like to get some cigar. feedback
1: from you guys that are watching this on YouTube. If you like the beard look, give me a thumbs up. If you say, hey, no good, shave it off then I guess it's going to come off.
0: Yeah. I guess you guys get to decide. I never want him to have a big beard over the winter, but we went to see Chris Stapleton a few weeks ago. So now he think since Chris Stapleton has the big beard and I love him, he should do it.
1: So. I've ordered a cowboy hat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's he's and, going full flood. <laughs> all right, let's get back to school. So this is a hot topic right now. Everybody's in the thick of it. Um, some people are going to have kids that have already gone back. Some people are teachers. They're going to be going back. And this isn't a topic we've done before, but it does affect the dog. So today we're going to lay out how this transition and all life transitions, really, how they may affect the dog and how may you may be able to help the dog. So where is your head with this whole situation?
1: Well, I think you should be starting with your psychiatric drugs here, and getting <laughs> the dog it. all filled up. <laughs> Stop no, what I tell everyone is just establish what the routine is going to be like before you need it. Yeah, so if you can. If you guys, if everyone has to be out of the house at you know eight in the morning, and uh, that's not something that normally happens, uh, make your plan for what you're going to be doing with your dog so that it's not all of a sudden out of the blue this whole brand new experience. Something that you can see if uh, there's going to be some issues with your dog. If you have a dog that you haven't been doing this with in the past for some reason, if it's a newer dog to you um if you're it's a great if you have a dog that has some separation anxiety some trouble being alone i mean i would start getting him acclimated to a crate and i'm not saying to have the dog in a crate for 8 or 10 hours but sometimes it's good when you leave the house you put the dog in a crate and at noontime you have someone come let the dog out go potty maybe let them be out of the crate for the afternoon or vice versa they're out of the crate till noon someone comes in lets them out to go potty and then create some for the afternoon. Just try to create some structure and some control Or, you know, if you need to get them into a daycare, you know, get them off to a daycare, whatever you got to do.
0: Yeah. And for the moms out there that, you know, aren't teachers themselves and now are going to be home. And some of you may have a child that's going off to college for their first semester. And that's like a big change. Like you're dropping the kid off. The kid isn't even sleeping there anymore. It's a huge total transition for the entire family. That affects the dog too. So be conscientious of that. Like don't let the dog just go and like sleep in the kid's room all alone. Don't you go in there crying and have the dog in there with you. Like help the dog work through that transition as well as far. As not having a being in the household day to day to day, because just as much as it'll affect you and your partner and maybe other siblings in the house, the dog is going to sense that loss too. So, come up with some ways to kind of fill the void, if you will. Like, you know, go for a walk in the morning if you're not used to doing something like that during the day. If you used to like go to the beach with your teenager before they went to um, college or something else, like fill the void of how you were spending your time before and help the dog through this transition. If you have younger kids, this is a total different situation, but this is a situation we run into more often as they're leaving for school, things get busy. That's when dogs are sometimes like really excited to go to the morning, you know, drop off and all of this stuff. The first week of school, the first few days of school, leave the dog behind, figure all that out on your own. Maybe the kids are going to a new school this year. They went to elementary school last year. They're going to middle school. It's a new situation. Maybe you walk the dog to, you know, the bus stop and everything else. Do the first couple days just yourselves without integrating the dog and all of that. And make sure that like you have all your P's and Q's checked, maybe, you know, a crazy reactive dog, moved in across the street from the bus stop over the summer that you weren't quite prepared for. Like get a little bit of lay of the land, have the kids feeling comfortable and everything else, and then integrate the dog into that scene. Because the dogs do get excited about like, oh, you know, we're picking up the kid, we're dropping off the kid and all this other stuff. But sometimes the overexcitement is not going to help the kid to have a successful first week, you to have a calm first week of this whole transition and everything else. Because it is a big transition. We're talking, we had a few months all together, the kids were home, everybody stayed, you know, stayed up later, slept in later or everything else, and now things are changing pretty quickly overnight, so it's good to get everyone on the same page
1: yeah, and if you are using a crate, um, uh, the other end of the day is also a complete shit show, yeah. and that's when the kids get home from work though with the husband or wife, everyone comes home from school and work, and there's a lot of energy in the house, and this dog is very excited about that, and they start and then they they may be prone to getting the zoomies around that dusk if they're a younger dog. And it just turns into a real problematic time for the dog and the family. And the kids are not helping. They're even making it a little bit worse because it's funny when the dog's running around yeah. and jumping on the couch and all that stuff. But that's a good time if you want to create some structure there where you, you might create the dog during that hour when the dog is nutty. That's a good time to start feeding the dog in the crate. But wait until everybody settles down. Before that dog is now out and with everybody so that everybody's energy has come down a little bit. Yeah, definitely.
0: If you have kids coming home at different hours, you know, your husband's coming home at a different hour. There's a lot of transitional stuff going on. That is a great time Mm -hmm. to tone down the volume and help the dog just kind of decompress. I do want to say, and this will be helpful for all of you out there, if you are a stay-at-home mom and... You are doing something now as this transition is occurring in the first few days, the kids have gone back to school. If you're doing something with the dog that is fulfilling to you, that is enriching your life, that is like changing the way you think about the world, whether that be sitting outside on the deck and having a cup of coffee or, you know, going through a quick walk in the forest preserve nearby, start to schedule that into your life, even when the kids are there sometimes as well. You don't have to do it every single day, but once a week, like Mondays at 10 a.m. is mom's time out here with Rover. Like, make sure you're integrating these things that are really fulfilling and really helpful to you and the dog and your headspace more than anything into your life when the kids are home too. Because when the kids are back from school and everything else and the summer's there, they they kind of just take over. We kind of lose our sense of self and our sense of well-being. So if you are finding a practice that like, oh, my gosh, I really missed this since the spring, start to incorporate that at all times in your life, and I think it'll make a better improvement for everyone.
1: Yeah. You know, when you start thinking, why did I have kids? <laughs> Stop That's when it. you should take the dog for a walk.
0: People, people do not think that. But,
1: <laughs> no, nobody thinks that.
0: But the dogs are affected by this kind of energy. The kids are going through a lot of new emotions. There's new teachers. There's new you know, classrooms with different students in it. There may have been a transition with the school. They're all feeling this type of emotion. So let's stabilize everyone all at once, and the dog is included in that picture. So often, we don't think about, oh, how will this affect the dog? How will the dog be? And it, it does matter. And Scott was mentioning daycares, daycares and dog walkers. Hopefully, you have those things lined up pretty previously, but make sure that you're trying things out that work for the dog. Give the dog a test run somewhere. Give the dog walker you know, a test day when you can be local and nearby. Make sure that it's a transition that feels smooth, not only for you, not only for the kids, but also for the dog. Because we care about the damn dog.
1: Yeah. And the last thing you want is to get a call at work from daycare saying, hey, come get your dog. Yeah, the dog's fighting. Well. The dog bit one of the girls that works here or guys, whatever. You want to make sure that you've got that ironed out You know, a, a month. you know, you don't have to go full-time daycare, but let's say you're doing twice a week all through August. And then as the school year approaches, you're going to be going maybe three to five times a week, but you already know the dog works well there. And the same thing, if you have a a dog walker that comes to the house, they know the routine, they know the dog, it's real seamless. So you don't have to stress about it.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, let's go to super break super quick. And when we get back, we're going to talk more about back to school.
1: Want to keep up with all the latest from the Quirky Dog Podcast like me and Murphy here? Then make sure you head on over to the YouTube channel
0: and subscribe. Or if you prefer to listen to The Madness, go on over to iTunes or Spotify and follow the Quirky Dog Podcast. And hey, while you're there, leave a rating and review and let them know what you think of the show. Until then, keep it quirky. All right, so we're going to touch back on kid has left for college, especially if it's freshman year. This is a huge transition for the whole family. A lot of tears, a lot of emotion, a lot of sadness. If that kid, stop it, if that kid had a big role in the dog's life and you do have other children, see if those other children can help step up at least to feed, like give them at least some chores. Maybe they don't want to go and take the dog for a walk or play with the dog in the yard. They didn't have the same relationship with the dog, but you know, divvy out those chores, those delegated tasks to another kid in the house so they can step up and the dog can kind of have a little bit of normalcy there. If you have to take over every single thing that's happening with the dog, do it in a way that is going to help your headspace, not make you crazy. Don't feel bad creating the dog for an hour during the day, even when you're home. If the dog has reactivity issues, don't feel bad creating the dog for when the cleaning lady's there. You know, in the summertime, we have a lot of family vacations. We just throw the dog in the car with us. Maybe you have a summer home somewhere else. You can bring the dog a bunch of places. If you can't bring the dog out as much, keep the dog safe, keep the dog controlled, keep the dog feeling in a good headspace as well. Because it's always during these transitional times, these heightened emotions, you know, things are changing. We're not all into the new swing of things yet that something can slip up. A door can get left open. Uh, No dog can nip a cleaning lady, something else. So be very conscientious of keeping the dog in as stable of a headspace as possible.
1: Yeah, and I was just thinking, looking at the title here of uh, Back to School, I know you get got a lot going on in your lives, but it might be a good time to start doing some classes with your dog. Get your dog back to school. (laughs) You know, I mean, do a little bit of... Because if you do, really, if you do 20 minutes of focused obedience training a day... Uh, It's going to make a huge difference. Yeah, and that can be broken up in everybody's life.
0: That can be broken up into four different sessions as well. And you're even talking about some companies now are still having the people come back to in person work. It's I guess some people have still been working virtually, but if you're having this transition yourself where all of a sudden you're going back into the office, all of these same principles apply, like set the dog up for what the new life is going to look like, you know, a week or so before it just gets sprung upon the dog when the dog's been used to you literally being at home for three years now. I mean, that's a big transition.
1: Yeah. I've read companies are getting tired of paying people to stay home in their pajamas and smoke dope all day. (laughs) Get paid,
0: (laughs) (laughs) but the dog, dog, I don't
1: have any problem with that. But uh, the dog
0: gets used to this kind of uh, you know, way that we live and a way that we interact and this more colloquial way of being. And the summer is normally more of like a relaxing time. Some people work throughout the summer and it's not the same as we're talking about, but a lot of people are home with their kids, whether they're teachers or not. Their kids have been home for the whole summer, and everything just kind of gets more lax, gets looser. You know, the feeding times get looser, the structured activity gets looser, everything. It's and that's fine. That's the whole point of summer. But as we get back into this more stringent schedule, we have to realize that the dog needs that too. And the more structure, the more control in the household, the better the headspace, everything else, as we always mention. If you do not crate your dog and you're having all of these issues and you're like, I'm not going out and buying a crate, but I do have the zoomies, everything else, what else can I do? You can do some tethering. We have mentioned this before, but tethering is a nice way to be able to control your dog. You're never going to tether your dog and leave them unsupervised. But it's the same principle as if you're going to put them in a crate and lock the door, you're just, you know, tying their leash to the doorknob and they're on a safe piece of equipment, a flat collar, maybe even a harness or something else. And they're just stabilized. They only have six feet now to deal with rather than, you know, three floors of zoomies up and down the stairs and everything else. So think of any way that you can physically kind of limit their movement if you're getting these kind of arousal things going on and you don't want to run out and buy a crate. Because I know a crate isn't for everyone. Everyone doesn't love a crate. Yeah,
1: but you can give them a conch, you know, filled with some food, you know, to chew on when they're tethered. Something like that to keep me occupied for a half hour, 45 minutes.
0: Yeah. Busy their mind and busy their body.
1: Yeah. then you can tie the kids to the radiator and (laughs) the dog over to the doorknob. There's no
0: tying of the children. Okay. (laughs) Another thing is you may not have school children at all. Like this is not a thing. I don't have kids. No one's going back to school. I don't have grandkids going back to school. But you live in a neighborhood where there is a school and you may have a dog that's reactive at the fence. We have a lot of clients that are like, oh my gosh, that hour of, you know, the bus drop off and school getting out and everything. Else is a really tense time. This is your chance now, brand new year, to set the dog up for success. Either be out there with the dog, have the dog on a leash, be controlling the dog, be stepping on the leash so the dog can't be rehearsing this, have the dog inside, bring the dog in away from the fence. Do not allow the rehearsals of this, the arousal of this, everything else. We're talking about day one. So you can either have, you know, 30 days of September where things are crazy and chaotic. I guess it'd be September and October with weekends, but complete chaos. Or you can start on a better foot. And it is important for your dog as well, you guys, if you have this fence reactivity, if you have this kind of stuff going on. That type of arousal is not safe. That type of arousal is going to lead to a bite sometime when the mailman reaches over the fence, when some silly teenager does something silly and goes to say hi to the dog, even though it's barking at the fence. It is not good for your dog to rehearse these types of behaviors. So if you do live in like a school neighborhood, be very conscientious of those kind of things as well.
1: Yeah. It reminded me of that, that we saw that dog that uh, was running the fence on the kids walking home from school. It just, they all walked by this guy's fence, you know, at a certain time of day. And he would, he was upset that his dog was going crazy over these children. Such a simple answer. just like, you know, what time these kids yeah, are going to be walking by the house. It's yeah. every day that yeah. kids are out at 2.45 or whatever. And by three o'clock, they're parading by your house. Keep your dog inside at the very least. Yeah. Kids are not going to help your cause. You know, I mean, kids are naturally curious little monsters. And if they see a dog going crazy, they're... One of them is going to start provoking the dog and laughing as they go by, you know, whether they got a stick on the fence or whatever they're doing. But just keep, you know, I'm always an advocate for my dog. I don't care about the kids. I don't want my dog to get in trouble because he nipped a kid who stuck his arm through the fence or something. So I would just put him away and um, let him back out after that hour, hour and a half has passed when the kids are all gone.
0: As a general rule, we'd rather children not get bit as well, but we are an advocate for our dogs and our client dogs. And the same goes for your morning walk, right? You may have this routine. You love it. Every single day at, you know, 8.30, you're out and you're doing your power walk and your dog's out and everything else. Now the streets are flooded with children. If you have a dog who has leash reactivity or even over arousal issues or anything else, you may want to adjust the time of that walk. Wake up a little earlier, wait a little bit later. The weather's getting cool. Today was the first day that our heat popped. On in the morning. It's like all exciting. Fall is coming. So adjust that. Like we don't have to be trying to beat the heat anymore. Maybe you can go for your walk at 10 a.m. Be very conscientious of keeping the stability of the whole neighborhood and everything else because there's nothing worse than being the neighbor who's called out because of your dog's poor behavior. And then, you know, another person in the town says it. now all of a sudden, like your dog is the bad dog. Like let's deal with this. Let's be an advocate for our dogs and keep our dogs safe and well-mannered. It is important, you guys. They are a reflection of us and who we want to be within our community and our neighborhood, and it is important to keep them under control. So be very conscientious of that. Yeah.
1: In the end, the dog always pays the price. Yeah. It could be your fault, but the dog pays the price. And it's not fair to the dog, because they're just being dogs. Yeah. And if they're being, no matter what behavior they're they're exhibiting, they're just being dogs. It doesn't make it acceptable, but it's your job to get them mentally reeled in, physically reeled in, keep the public safe, keep your dog stable and calm not just basic basic dog yeah, and it, but
0: it's not intuitive to everyone and I want to touch on that as well if you have school age children and you know you are like yeah, yeah I'm gonna take the dog to drop off here you know after the first week and I know everything working out be very conscientious of the fact that your dog may be fine with your children but that does not mean that the entire classroom of children should be running and hugging your dog and in your dog's face and everything else be an advocate for your dog in the sense that like hey give them a little bit of room you can bring treats the kids could maybe feed the dog like they feed a horse with an open hand or something else. But just because the dog is okay with your children does not mean that the dog necessarily is supposed to be okay with 20 kids glomming on it at the same time. That's too much for the dog. All kids have different energy. Some kids don't live with dogs. They have no idea. They have zero dog sense. They haven't been around animals that much. They're not really understanding how to appropriately interact with an animal. So be very conscious of that too, because just because you think, oh, my dog loves my kids, my dog's great with my kids, it doesn't mean that's going to transfer to every other kid in the classroom or the neighborhood and that's the same type of situation you don't want to get your dog in a bind there where oh my gosh like you know it growled at a kid it nipped a kid and you have a whole thing going on that didn't need to happen so be the advocate for your dog as we've said over and over and over again over the years
1: yeah and most of us do not own dogs that are completely bomb proof meaning they're great with children strangers loud noises nothing affects them they're just happy-go-lucky dogs most of us don't own those dogs and it doesn't mean they don't exist because they do but a lot of us have rescues now that are mixed breeds with weird backgrounds and all kinds of things that we don't know about and little quirky behavior that pops up now and again and rather than being happily surprised at how well your dog is doing with all these crazy children in the yard i would have more of a plan about how that how these interactions happen and if you see the dog isn't comfortable remove the dog yeah you don't feel bad remove the dog from the situation give that dog a break get him out of that situation because kids and even adults don't know they don't read dog behavior well enough to give the dog some space i've yeah. seen it out of adults just as often as children the dog is backing up the dog looks obviously a little uncomfortable and they keep advancing and most dogs don't bite, but if ever there was going to be a time for a bite, it's when the dog is afraid and can't get out of the situation. And a nip is going to happen. Yeah,
0: that's a great thing to bring up, that the parents could be, you know, oh, look, you know, you got a new doodle over the summer. I want to meet it too. And maybe the dog isn't as secure with adults as well. So make sure you're creating the barrier between your dog and the public everywhere. And I'm glad you mentioned the instability of, you know, some rescues or whatever else it may be, because dogs are not necessarily as stable as they were when you guys were going to school as kids, right? So if for some reason, and the technology has advanced greatly, okay? So if for some reason now you do have the kid at school, they can FaceTime you. You and your husband or your wife or your partner or whatever else, and, oh, I'm doing great, everything else. Don't let them be FaceTiming the dog every day. Dogs are not stable enough to be seeing this person that they don't understand where they went and where they are, and now, you know, this person is talking to them on the phone. You can do a little like visual of, yeah, like Rover's doing great. He's napping over there. Same difference if you're going back to school yourself and you have a camera on your dog. Do not be talking to your dog all day. These types of things are not breeding stability into the animal, into the animal's day and everything else. Less is more, okay? Dogs were not built for FaceTime and these two-way cameras and everything. They provide us with a lot of benefit and the world with a lot of advancement technologically and give us a lot more things to deal with and accomplish, you know, virtually, but the dogs weren't there for that. So be conscious that you're not having, you know, your kid, your freshman at school, having a FaceTime with your dog every 30 seconds a day and you're not checking in every hour a day. They can do what they want as parents. This isn't a parent. No, but I'm thinking about
1: the dog, Yeah, dog, because it's very similar the analogy of dropping a child off at daycare. And I can remember when my first uh, born, Nicholas was uh, just old enough to go to the daycare and I brought him in and he had been home full time for probably two years or more before he went to daycare whatever it was. I can't remember. But I remember he was all upset and he's like clingy and oh, I don't want to stay here, dad. I want you, you know, I want to be with you. And I said to the, the woman there, I said, well, maybe I should stay here with him for a bit. She's like, no, get out of here, go. <laughs> and he's crying and I leave and I look in the window. He's already playing with kids. As <laughs> soon as I leave, he's like on to playing with children. Yeah. So if I were to go back in there, to visit, he'd probably get all emotional again. Oh, take me home! Oh, this is terrible, <laughs> yeah. you know. So that's kind of like with the dog. It's that leaving that they get all worked up. After you leave, they go to sleep yeah. on the rug in the sun. Yeah. If all of a sudden they hear your voice, hey, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, and some spitting treats at in them out of a spiral. machine. <laughs> now they're like, oh my god, my mom's here. And then it's like, uh, I guess she's gone again. Yeah. You know, it's like it's just getting them worked up for no reason. Yeah. Just you know, break the. You know, go goodbye, and then when you're home, you're back.
0: Yeah, less is more. All right, you guys, best of luck. If you are sending your kids off this week, or they just went back, or they're going back after Labor Day, think about the dog and how you can help the dog through this transition. We will see you guys next week, and then the week after that, it's episode 200. I can't even believe it. And in the meantime, keep it quirky. quirky. Weigh in on Scott's beard.